What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi. You guys are listening to episode number 85. Today is Saturday, November 10th, 2012, and I obviously am sick because I sound awful, but I had to I had to do the podcast. I couldn't do it last night because um, I got home late. My mother-in-law was over. She was sleeping here because she had to go somewhere, and it was closer to drive from our house. The last thing she probably wanted to hear was her son-in-law talking a lot of shit into a microphone all hours of the night. So that is why I am doing this episode today. I hope you all are doing good. I hope you all do not have the horrible cold that I have. I'm trying to fight this thing off. But I guess that's what happens when you go to New Orleans and you party like a fucking rock star and don't go to bed even when you can early because I'm an idiot. But anyway, what can you do? Um, Did the podcast last week from New Orleans and uh, the last day we were there, I didn't have, I obviously didn't do the podcast then, so I'll tell you about the last day. And I'm going to tell you some exciting news going on with the podcast, which is which is awesome, man. Uh, episode 85, I can't believe it, 15, 15 eps away from 100. Like I told you guys, I want to do something special for 100 if it works out timing-wise and everything. But uh, the last night that we were in New Orleans, we went to Monday Night Football. Um, and we went to this, uh, the Superdome to see the Saints play the Eagles, and it was unbelievable. The Superdome is a venue that they should do the Super Bowl at. I think once every other year. That's how amazing it is. It's insane. It's nice. It's clean. The people are awesome. The dome is huge. It's redone. It's just, it was it was sick. Got to see Breeze in person. Got to see Mike Vick in person. Who, by the way, didn't look like he lost a step as far as his running ability. Like Michael Vick, man. That dude is like watching a video game. Video game speed. It was awesome. We went to this tailgate, which had like the greatest live band I've ever seen in my life. Uh, like we couldn't believe as we were walking to it, we, we had these people from uh, Budweiser, uh, Bud Light or whatever. They came out to the show that we did at Harris Casino. And I guess afterwards they told the people that run it, hey, you know, here's two passes for, um, you know, Paul Verzi and Bill Burr to go. We want to see, you know, we want to see see them there at the tailgate, it would be great, we love their show, everything like that, so um, I went over to Bill, and I was like, yeah, you remember that we got that Bud Light pass, you want to go, we didn't know if we were going to go to this thing, you know, we didn't know if we wanted to, you know, do that, or if we wanted to just go at our own pace, we've been kind of partying at night and stuff, and, you know, after the shows, and just, you know, checking out sites in, in the city, but, so we're walking down the street, and we see all these Eagle fans chanting and taunting Saints fans in the street, it was really cool, and we're like, you know what, man, fuck it, let's, let's, let's go. So we see the tent where the Budweiser thing is, where to enter. It's like a block away from the dome. And Bill was like, man, do you want to really do this? This could be like a shit show. And I'm like, let's just go see. And we go there, and it couldn't have been more laid back, even though there was people there. All the, Bud Li- all the Budweiser products were free. So, And they had this band. And as you're walking to this venue, you're thinking, that's got to be a DJ. There's no, there's no way, there's absolutely no way that, that that's live. If that's live, that's the greatest live band ever. 
Sure enough, folks, it was a live band. It was like an eight or nine piece band. You know, there was there was a guy, um, you know, on, on bass. There was they had a saxophone player. They had a keyboard. Everything. The singer was incredible. They did covers, they did originals, and everything was incredible. Like, me and Bill were just watching this unreal. They were serving, yeah, it was jambalaya, you know, gumbo. They were, there was all kinds of just, like, traditional, you know, Louisiana food, like, cooking. And we're sitting there, and we're drinking these beers like crazy before we go to the game. And it was just insane. Like, you'd go up, and I almost felt like I was stealing. I was like, yeah, let me get a... You know, like you reach for your wallet. You're like, yeah, let me get this, let me get that. And they just hand it to you. Go ahead, have fun. It was it was amazing. And, you know, the people there were just, the people there were, were amazing. You know, they were, they couldn't have been nicer. We ran into this one guy who was new Bill. He was a fan of Bill. And his friend was standing next to him. And his friend was the most gigantic, one of the most gigantic human beings I ever shook hands with. The guy was like 6'7", but like 300 and he was wearing a Saints jersey, really nice. And you shook his hand, and it was like shaking a, a, a cinder block. And, you know, we were talking to him, and we're like, man, how big are you? And, like, you know, and, and I didn't realize, but Bill had asked him, oh, did you play ball? And he was like, yeah, I did, but, you know, I didn't study. So he basically said, like, he didn't do good enough in school to do it. So, like, later, as we're talking to these guys, I just looked at him, and I shouldn't have said this, I felt bad, but I go, I go, dude, how the fuck are you not playing in this game tonight? That's how big he was. And then I realized, man, maybe I shouldn't have done that since he said, like, you know, the study and things. So I felt bad about that. But anyway, it was the, it was, this was the most gigantic individual. And, you know, and then they would leave. And then other people, strangers, by the way. I'm talking about strangers. They'd come up and, hey, what's going on? Yeah, oh, yeah, what are you guys doing at all? We performed at house. Oh, great. Hey, did you try the fried oysters? Like, it was just, it was like this crazy thing. We're listening to the song, you know, hour before the game. We start heading over to the game to get in. You know, game's incredible. And it was just, I mean, between the live music and the food and the booze and then going to that great game, watching the Saints win in the Superdome, um, way to way to end the night. So, of course, it's the end of the night. It's late. Uh, I have a, what do I have? I have an 8.45 in the morning flight. Or, I'm sorry, I have a 9-something flight. Bill has an early flight. So we should really go home. But the one thing we didn't do, which I didn't know, was go uh I didn't know that Frenchman Street is basically New Orleans's new Bourbon Street. So Bourbon Street, like I talked on the last podcast, it's just a shit show. People falling down, drinking, reminds you of just like college shit, you know, it's like younger shit. Um Frenchman Street is more live music, laid back, if you just want to really listen to the influence of the city, the music, and do all that stuff. So me feeling great, having a great, great time and everything. I say to to Bill, you want to just cap off this whole trip. Let's cap off this whole trip with maybe going down to Frenchman Street since we already did the bourbon thing. You know, think about the week we had. I mean, you wonder why I sound like this. We did the LSU Alabama. We did Bourbon Street. We did the the comedy shows. We did Monday night football, and we're going to, you know, we ate at, at Mother's Restaurant, which is like the best breakfast in the state of Louisiana, and then we um, decide, let's go to Frenchman Street and get this, let's go get these, these a couple of whiskeys and listen to some live jazz, it'd be a great way to end it. Boy, did we hit it hard. Like, I was acting like, you know, I'm coming home to two kids, my wife, you know, who knows what the hell is in store for me when I come home, so I was just looking at it as like, this is my last licks, man, this is like bottom of the ninth make it happen so we go into this place we're drinking we're talking 
having a good time. And for the first time during the whole trip, I was like, you know something, man? I got to get a shot. I'm getting a shot. So I asked for a shot of Patron, and she's like, you know, that's not the best tequila we have, right? And I was like, well, what is? And she said the name. I can't even, I don't even know what she said, but she's like, it's it's ridiculously better than Patron. You should have one. So I did the whole thing. I got the, I got the shot. I did the sucking of the lemon, the salt. And then we went to another bar because that music uh, where we were ended. So we went to another bar, uh, DBA it was called. They had amazing live music. I didn't realize that jazz songs can go on for like fucking 17 minutes. This guy just sang, I Surrender. So I surrender, I surrender, and all the music. And he must have said, I surrender 50,000 times. And the song just never ended. But listening to the, what they did with the instruments, and then it got so intense that all the instruments, all the, uh, the the people on stage that were in this band got, got off, just started walking around the crowd. Tubas, trumpets, trombones. Me and Bill were just jamming out to it. It was, it was awesome. And then we went back... Um, we went back to uh, the hotel, went to our rooms, and paid for it like you wouldn't imagine the next day. I probably had the worst trip to the airport and flight I've ever had as far as just feeling uncomfortable. And on the airplane, I was sitting next to a woman who was overly happy and nice, was which was the last thing that I wanted to do. But that's how we ended the trip, and it was amazing. It was amazing. I recommend it. Everybody needs to go to New Orleans um, try to get some sleep when you're out there. It is like a Vegas. It is like a Vegas. I mean, there's only one casino, but you'll know what I mean. Like if you go out there, it gets, it's, it's, it's awesome. So that's how the trip ended. And, um, I have some news here that I wanted to talk about. I was going to talk about it at the top of the show, but I'm going to talk about it now. Um, I'm very happy to announce that the Versi Effect podcast, for whatever reason, okay, um, I have different theories. I'll try to break them down, but regardless of why uh, it's it's happened, um, over the last month, uh, my, I've noticed that the numbers of the Versi Effect podcast have significantly risen. That's right, everybody. My podcast, the last four weeks, has gone up 11,000 listeners. 11,000. I thought I was reading it wrong because every time I would check my numbers and check my stats, like I always had, you know, you know, you start off doing a podcast two years ago. I had like, you know, whatever. I, I remember I was psyched one time when I had like 120. I was like, oh, 120 people listening. That'd be all right. You know, 330 people. All right. Wow. You know, finally got to 500. Then a year later, holy shit, I got a thousand listeners. This is great. Then it started to build up and I would see like, you know, 14, 1500 and, you know, slowly. Now I looked and I just had to take a thing. I had over 12,000 listeners and the numbers are, are, are rising. Now, I know I get a lot of listeners from Joe Matarese's podcast, which I've done many times and his over the years. He's been consistent. His podcast is growing. Um, I was a guest on Bill Burr. Bill Burr has a ton of podca- uh, podcast listeners. Um, you know. But even after I did that, I noticed a slight increase with everybody. Um, and there was always, you know, numbers going up, which is the, obviously the direction you want to go in. But this surge, I don't know. Um, I have been doing larger venues. People are listening. People are spreading the word. But I just want to thank all you guys. And, you know, like the one thing I ask is if you spread the word, um, you know, that's that's all I could ask. One, you know, if, if 12,000 people tell one person, then all of a sudden I can get 24,000 and that's how it goes. But that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to build it and the show is growing and really going in the direction that I want to. 
Because pretty soon I want to, you know, obviously get some advertisers and hit them over the fucking head. That's right, getting paid for my shit. That's what I want to do. And it can't happen without you guys. So you guys are the shit and I really appreciate it. Appreciate all of the support. So thank you very much. And let's keep this thing rolling and let's keep this uh, show getting up there. You know, not asking you guys for donations yet. The key word there is yet because it's coming, bastards. So start putting five, ten dollars away every couple of months to the Verzi Effect Fund. No, I will not do that. I will not do that. The only thing that I'm going to ask, obviously, when I get to a certain number is let's get some damn advertisers on here to make a little money. I'm a capitalist, people. That's right. Uh, speaking of that, we got to talk. We have a new... Actually, we, we have we have the same president, everybody. Got to talk about the election. I flew back on election day. And... I was actually nervous to fly on election day. I'm like, ah, shit, you know, it's an election day. Why is the flight less? You know me with flying. I'm like, ah, shit, you know, what am I going <sighs> to... It's the last thing I, I need. I'm hungover. You know, I was so hungover and tired when I got on the plane. I, part of me was like, whatever, man. I just just sleep and whatever. But I got home on, on election day. Oh, I got to give you guys an airplane story before. I'll get right to the election when I'm done, but I got to give you guys an airplane story, okay? So we take off. Takeoff's cool. We're up in the air. I'm, I'm sitting next to Mrs. Happy. And I'm cruising along, you know, 37,000 feet. I got my, I'm in the window. I always book the window. Like you guys know, I always tell you, get the window. Even if you don't like to fly, people are like, oh, I don't like to fly. Why would I want to sit at the window? It's fine. If you have the window. So the thing is, when you have the window seat on an airplane, you're in control of the little, you know, the little, what's it called? Little window thing that slides up and down. So you can shut that damn porthole if you want. That's that's on you. You know, unless the person next to you is nuts and was like, oh, I'd really like it open. But then you could say, oh, listen, you know, my eyes, the sun really bothers my eyes. I like to get some sleep. And they can't say anything because that's your seat. So you'd be like, back up, bitch. This is my seat. So I closed I closed the thing. And me being the nice guy, look, I'm talking all this shit. Me being the nice guy that I am, I go, do you mind if I keep this? Do you mind, do you mind if I keep this thing closed? She was like, no, it's fine. So I'm, I'm trying to sleep, but I'm hungover, and I'm starving. Hungover, starving, but too hungover to eat anything. You ever feel like that? You ever feel so shitty after a long night of drinking and, and partying that you feel like you can't, even the things you need to like nurture your body, you're just too tired and exhausted to do, so you'll harm yourself more by doing nothing and just sitting in your misery? That's what I was doing on this airplane. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me. So... The flight's going, and like slowly as the flight progresses, it's not a long flight, but slowly as we start moving up the coast and getting towards New York, I start to feel a little bit better, and did drink some water, starting to feel a little better, and then, you know, we start to descend, and you know, landing, when the plane turns, I love to look out, even though it kind of freaks me out, but it's a cool feeling, and it's a cool sight, the wings going up and down, you're like, holy shit, man, it's just like a nutty thing, and we land. And there's no more anxiety. And I'm like, all right, you know something? Not a bad flight. We got up. Nice takeoff, nice landing. I always judge the pilots on that. I always say I think JetBlue does the best job taking off and landing. Joe Matarese, if he's listening to this, is probably laughing his ass off because he thinks it's hilarious how I know the model of the planes. And I know I'm just, it's my fascination. What can I say? I'm fascinated with it. So that's why I'm going to see the movie Flight tonight. I'm treating myself. Um, treat myself to my birthday, which is 
at midnight tonight. I'll get into that in a second. But we land, okay? And I'm pretty much anxiety-free. We're down on the ground. Plane slowed down, so we're not going to do that quick emergency takeoff again. Everything is going pretty cool. And then we start taxiing. <laughs> and we're taxiing, and we're moving down. And I look to the right out the window, and there's a plane coming down landing. And we're probably, I would say, maybe I, 400, 500 yards before the runway of the plane that's landing coming towards us, but we're far behind it. So I'm thinking, all right, that pl and the plane's low. Like the plane is probably like, the plane I'm seeing on the right is probably like 30 seconds from landing, right? It's coming down, you know, the landing gear's down, just coming down nice and smooth. And I'm looking to the right, and I start looking, plane's coming down lower, plane's about to touch down. And we haven't slowed down. Like we're not going fast. Like we're taxiing normal, but we're just not slowing down. So we're going towards this. And I'm going, oh, shit, man. I'm not bullshitting. Anxiety goes right up because you hear about times where a plane will land and then take back off because a plane was in the way. That actually happened to my wife. My wife was going to Pittsburgh. The plane landed, touched down, and then the engines rev again. And they go and they speed and they take off again. And the pilot comes on and goes, oh, well, we got to try that again. There was something... Something in the way or something. Like that shit does happen. So I'm going, I'll be damned. Okay. I will be damned. If my takeoff landing and all that shit is cool. And I'm happy. And I'm down. And I'm anxiety free. And now this fucking plane is going to get hit while we're down by another plane. Like fuck, I ain't going out like that. I heard a horrible story one time about a woman who refused to fly. She was afraid to fly. And her and her son got killed in a car by a plane. That's the craziest shit. That's ironic. It freaks me out. But I, uh, you know, I'm just like, you're not even prepared for something. So the plane's just coming, coming, coming. And all of a sudden, we're still going. And I'm like, this may like cross a T. Like this is going to be. And then the plane lands and starts going fast on the runway. And it was in front of us. And it was a little deceiving. I guess I was a little further back than I thought. But in my mind, I didn't need that anxiety when I had already landed. So that's for you listeners because I've heard from a number of people. I don't know why. But I'm obviously going to keep doing it because my numbers are going up. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to you know, I'm gonna keep talking about the airplane stories that I have because people seem to love them. People were like, you have to talk about the airplane shit we love hearing you talk. Because that's the thing. Everybody's so fascinated about airplanes. So the fact that I talk about it, you know, because I didn't get on an airplane for a while. But, yeah, so that was, I didn't need that. But that, that was my airplane story. And then the plane obviously goes in front of us. And how dumb am I to think, yeah, I'm the only one. At one point, I just looked down the plane for anyone to be like, does anybody see this shit? Like, are we going to have a collision? And nobody was worried about it but me. So I probably did it to myself. But that's my plane story. So I get home, I'm exhausted. What am I going to do? I can't come home and tell my wife I'm exhausted. She's going to be like, yeah, you're exhausted. How about you go fuck yourself? You were just in New Orleans for four days going to football games and hanging out and doing comedy and making money doing it. Like, you're you're going to babysit for a while. My older brother picks me up from JFK. Get home. I'm exhausted. I'm hanging with my kids. It was awesome. My son was really excited to see me. He's at the age now where like he gets 
you know, happy when he sees me. He gets down when I leave and stuff. So it's really cool when he sees me. You just see the look on his face. It was awesome. Election night. And I was like, I got to see how this thing turns out. Just because, you know, I wanted to see how it turned out. You know, and I'm a dick. You know, I, I, like part of me... Because, you know, as I mentioned before on the podcast, I, you know, I, I think that it's really silly for people to get in like crazy about it and think, oh, the country's going to be ruined one way or another. It's really not. It's really not going to affect you as much as you think it is. Um, you know, I think it would affect you if somebody would be in office for 10, 20 years, but somebody being in office for four years at a clip and then they got to go through a whole other election. So the most that they could be in is eight. A lot of that shit could be reversed. So I'm, I'm, I don't get, you know, and, and they're all similar, but I'm not going to lie. Probably going to annoy some of you, but I'm going to be real because that's what I do on my show. If you don't like it, I'm sorry, but I'm just going to be real. Um, I didn't vote. Um, and everyone's like, well, you need to exercise your right to vote. You know something? I exercise my right as an American to not fucking vote. How about that? I exercise that right. You think I'm going to go stand in line and listen to arguments and watch people fucking go in there thinking they matter? First of all, my vote doesn't matter in New York. It doesn't matter. If I'm not voting Democrat, it doesn't fucking matter. So, you know, and, and I, I'm not really a fan of our president, definitely not a fan of, uh, uh, of Mitt Romney. So I was like, fuck it. I just said, you know, I'm gonna let these people go out there and, and, and do what they do, but I'm not going to lie to you during the election when Romney started winning, there was a part of me that was like, you know something just to see the fucking devastation on people's faces in New York if Obama lost just me being a just a spiteful dick part of me was like oh that would be epic just all my comedian friends who love Obama or all the people just watching them going to comedy clubs feeling so like oh I can't believe it listening to say the country's over the country's ruined there well I'm not gonna lie I gotta be real and I know Bill Burr was, you know, fucking with me on his podcast going versus he's voting hard for Romney. No, I didn't vote. If I wanted Romney, and I said that to people, people were tweeting me, oh, I heard you want Romney. No, if I wanted Romney, I would have voted for Romney. You know, if I felt that strongly about somebody, even though I know he's not going to win New York, if I felt that strongly about somebody and I thought somebody was going to make that much of a difference, I would go and vote. But these guys are, are really similar, whether people want to believe that or not. And, you know, they're different on, on certain issues, which I understand. But I, I, I didn't. And there was a part of me that I wanted Obama to lose just for, just to see people just fucking freak out. Oh, God, it would have been. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I am a very, I don't know, just people getting so into it. And, plus, and, and there's a backstory to that. So before you say, wow, you know, Paul's a dick for saying that. Let me tell you why. And first of all, quite frankly, I don't give a shit if you think I'm a dick for saying that. I'm just going to be real. I'm not going to lie to you people. You know, I, 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 I love, you know, my friends that love Obama and stuff. I love my friends that love Obama and, and that's great. But, you know, I particularly think the guy, you know, stinks. And I've heard so many, see, that's the thing you got to understand. When you're around something and you hear something so much, you got to, you got to kind of, you know, put yourself in other shoes. You know, I, I'm a big, I'm a big, uh, I'm a big other shoes guy. You know, you got to look at the other side. So there were so many people saying to me, man, you got to vote for Obama. Obama's the guy, this guy, man, this other guy's evil, this other guy's this, this other guy's that. Not really giving examples, not really giving real true statements, facts that they know. Just kind of, no, but this and all, and the guy did this. And man, I swear to God, if Obama doesn't get in, this is really frightening. This is really scary. And like all of this thing, and not one person, not one, not one person I spoke to uh, that that's that's either in the, in the center or was just like yeah you know what one thing i do like about romney is romney does this 
And that made me think like, what the fuck? Not everybody I know is stupid. Not everybody I know is smart. You know, there's got to be some, something is, something is off here. So the dick in me wanted to just hear my friends. I would have just laughed with the phone calls, the tweets, and how great would Twitter have been, especially with my people in New York if Obama lost. I would have loved it, you know. And I, quite frankly, seeing that motherfucker on The View and The Tonight Show smiling, acting like that, to see the devastation on him and his wife's face, you know, even his daughter sitting there crying, I would have loved that. Oh my God, would I have loved that. I'm not going to lie to you. His daughter's crying, screaming, why daddy, with their hands on their face. His wife, Michelle, consoling him, and he's got to act like he, oh my God, that would have been phenomenal. Would have been phenomenal. Watching and watching people in New York looking up in Times Square crying as Romney grabbed a fucking bushel of roses or whatever and just was like smiling that he was the next president. I'm not going to lie to you people. There's a part of me that wanted to see that. And it has nothing to do with politics. It just has to do with how, how stupid people are. But um, I will say this now, on the flip side of that, I think that it's kind of good that maybe we can actually see this guy's plans unfold and people will really know if he was really good or, or not that good, you know, see how it works, see how, see the, 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 the plan he was on, you know, I, I think that, you know, a lot of people made a lot of sense saying, hey, you know what, we're on course, let's see guy walked into a shit storm maybe things he's gonna do are gonna start to come in so that that was how I felt about it and uh that was you know I'm one of these people too like if I go somewhere like and you just see like like a perfect example LSU Alabama there was a hundred thousand people there screaming for LSU and Alabama wins in a heartbreaking victory in the end and watching a hundred thousand people walk out quietly like it's a funeral, there was something fucking awesome about that. There, there really, really was. And I felt that because I've been, I've been on the other side of that. I've, I've seen that happen to my teams and stuff, and it's a, it's a shitty, fucked up feeling. But, um, you know, I, I didn't go to bed upset or disappointed on election night. I just kind of had these feelings like, oh, well, if this guy wins, we could try that. If this guy wins, that would be hilarious. You know, and that, that was my feelings of it. But, you know, no harm, no foul. We'll see what happens in the next four years. And guess what, everybody? Then in four years from now, everybody's going to get worked up again and all the same thing. And you know what they're going to say four years from now? This is the most historical, important election of our lifetime. And and then four years later, this is the most unbelievably historic. This is an election of epic proportions. And I, your children, this is on your children's future. And then four years and everyone's going to be fighting. The system is broken. We're split down the middle and everybody's a bunch of fucking morons but let's root for this guy the next four years right and i think that too like anybody that's not rooting for the guy it's ridiculous you gotta root for the guy man we're america man we're america united we stand divided we fall people forget that everybody makes a point remember that put yourself in the other person's shoes what else do we have to talk about here my birthday everybody my birthday is tomorrow and I'm not happy about it. I'm not happy about it because I, I'm still a young man. I'm in my early 30s. I'll tell Hollywood I'm in my late 20s. <laughs> but, you know, it, what's scary about it and what sucks about it is more that, like, you're losing time in life. That's, that's the, forget about age and all that shit. Forget about your career. That doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like, that, that's, that's... 
That's regardless. People in their lifetimes, I mean, in their careers, and it doesn't matter about that. You know, unless you're trying to be, you know, some kind of like a movie star in Hollywood. I mean, it's hard to break in and be a movie star when you're fucking 50. But I'm talking about just life. Uh, you know, because I remember my early to mid-20s like they were yesterday. That's what's scary. You know, I never forget, my um, my grandfather told me this, God rest his soul, my grandfather, um, Frank Verzi, uh, passed in 93, and uh, he, was a, he was hilarious, he was so funny, man, he would, oh man, he was funny, he would make me steal ice cream for him. My grandfather would make me steal ice cream for him because he had like emphysema. He had a hard time breathing. He was a heavy smoker when he was younger. My grandmother used to break his balls all the time about it. But, you know, because if you have ice cream, it's not good for that stuff. And he would just like whisper to me and he would say, go get me ice cream. And me and my brother would go sneak him like a couple of scoops of vanilla ice cream. And then he would always get caught by my grandmother. My grandmother would just start yelling and he would yell back. Fuck, it was hilarious. But he told me something and it stuck with me. It's funny, the things that stick with you in life. But... You know, I forgot what age he turned or, you know, around his birthday. And he said, man, it goes quick. It goes quick. Life goes quick. And when you hear that in your teens, you're like, yeah, whatever. And then you hear that in your 20s and you're like, yeah, but, you know, I'm still. Then you start to hear it in like in your 30s. And then you got some friends now when you're 30 that are in their 40s and 50s, you know. And in comedy, I know I have comedian friends that are 40, 50s. I know I have comedian friends that are in their 60s. And you're just like, holy shit. And you see your kids growing up, man. And it just happens so fast. And I'm like, man, my birthday's coming again. And it just seems like the years come faster and faster. So, you know, you really got to make the best of it. You really do. It sounds like corny and cliche. Man, make the best of life. But it really is true, man. Because this shit just goes quick. Like my my daughter is sitting up now, looking around, taking things in. And it's just amazing how like the first six, you know, months of her life are just going so fast. And so my birthday's coming. And, you know, I don't make a big deal about my birthday. Like, oh, you know, I need a fucking party. I need this and that. You know, for certain ones. But I'm treating myself tonight. I'm performing tonight. I'm uh, I'm headlining a show in upstate New York at Gestures Comedy Club in uh, Chester, New York, in Orange County. And then I am going to treat myself to a movie. And I am going to go see Flight. I don't have to get on any airplanes anytime soon. So I'm going to watch that movie and enjoy it. And I heard great things about it from multiple people. I also want to see Sinister. And I also want to see um, Argo. I'm probably not going to catch all three of them in the theater. But I'm going to definitely catch Flight tonight. And then if I have to get the other ones on DVD, I will do that. But I'm excited about that. And um, the nice thing is my wife's going to say, What do you want to do for your birthday? I have to perform down in the city tomorrow night, so all I'm going to do is just relax and chill, do my show, come home and relax and chill and enjoy it. I'm going to sit down and I am going to watch the football games. I'm going to watch my Giants hopefully bounce back and I'm going to just chill out, try to get rid of this damn cold and get ready for the holidays. I can't believe that's another thing, like the holidays just, like, don't you remember it was summer? I was playing basketball outdoors not too long ago. I was going to the track, running, hanging out outdoors, doing things. And now it's cold. You can't do it. And and then pretty soon it's going to be summer again. It's scary. Holy shit, man. And we're all going to fucking die. Like, that's just crazy, isn't it? We're all going to die. 
Yes, you listening. You're going to die. You're on the treadmill right now. It's over. You're getting healthy now, but it's fucking over. So just enjoy it. You know, run, try to prolong it, but you're going to fucking die. So why don't you just jack up your treadmill a little higher right now while you're on it? Um, all right. Oh, you know what I wanted to talk about? I wanted to talk about uh, sitcoms. So I know this is a random, it's a random thing to talk about on the podcast, but you know what? Why not? I've never talked about sitcoms on the show before. Let's talk about sitcoms on the show. I was watching Everyone Loves Raymond, and I was watching, uh, I was watching TBS. Everyone Loves Raymond. Great writing on Everyone Loves Raymond. And by the way, Brad Garrett, man, that guy is the best. Um, he played Ray's brother on the show. Fucking best guy I've met in this business. Hilarious. His acting skills are insane. And, you know, he told me something. I was talking to him in Vegas and I was like, man, I was like, you know, Raymond is just such a, just the show is just really good. And I'm not a sitcom watcher. I never watched them. I never, oh, I got to watch this. When I was little, I did, you know, but he was like, no, the writers, man. He goes, it's all the writing. And it is. If you watch Seinfeld, it's the writing. The acting stunk on Seinfeld. With the exception of a couple of people, I always thought that Jason Alexander, who played George Costanza, I always thought he was the strongest. He was the strongest piece to that show. But you know, the writing ties everything together. It's so smart. You know, um, there was a scene in Raymond where he was talking to Peter Boyle, his dad, and he was just like, "You know, I've been thinking. I, I need to tell you this. I, I you know, I've, I've always been, you know, th- thought you were one way, but I'm starting to figure out that might not be the case." And Peter Boyle just stares at him and he goes, am I dying? You know, and it was just, it was fucking brilliant. It was so funny and brilliant. The writing was great. And then I remember someone saying Friends is a good show. Now I'm not going to watch Friends. I'm sorry. I'm just friends. I can't do that. That is a chick fucking show. You know, it's a bunch of good looking people. Not one of them fat or overweight. You know, that's friends. You know, real friends would be some fat slob who never gets off the couch and all his friends are like, dude, you're going to die in three years unless you get that surgery. Okay, why the fuck are you eating like this? We need an intervention, you pig. Like, that would be an episode of Friends if it was if I did it. It'd be a real life, like a bunch of people. <laughs> I want to laugh so much harder right now, but I'll go and do a coughing fit. But, no, that that's like friends, you know, and you got the one friend who's like a drug addict. You got the one friend who's just a piece of shit who cheats on his girl and everyone's like, what's wrong with you? What are you doing? You got a junkie. You know, one of them's a slut. Like, it wouldn't be just like, you know, four or five hilarious, good-looking people that just, you know, are so witty. It's just so fucking unrealistic. It's stupid. But I was sitting there just laying down sick. When you're sick, you start watching shit you normally wouldn't watch. You're just laying there, right? And I'm watching it. And I'm like, you know something? There are some funny lines. And even though this is completely ridiculous, and I would never make it a point to watch it on a regular basis, the writing is really good with sitcoms. And then I started thinking about sitcoms today, okay? Big Bang Theory, I I find so slightly amusing that, like, I can't even believe it's as popular as it is, but whatever, I get it. Um, Billy Gardell, Mike and Molly. Billy Gardell's a great guy, man, by the way. Watch that show. That guy's the best. Um, I never really around that time to watch it and stuff, but I feel like just the reason why sitcoms aren't because you know, if you remember back in the day, like Seinfeld, Raymond, King of Queens, those were like th- those were gigantic. Those were like people would come home and make it their business. I'm coming home tonight. Yeah, me and my wife we're gonna cook. We're gonna watch that show. It's not like that anymore. You know, I, when I was a kid, I watched um, I watched Growing Pains. Here's a funny story. I had a crush on uh, was it Tracy Gold? Tracy Gold, the girl, the girl that 
the sister, Kurt Cameron's sister. I had a crush on her so much watching Growing Pains that she was like my imaginary girlfriend. So like I would go out in like first, second, third grade, whatever, however old I was, and like she would imaginary, like she would be there with me. So like I would do shit and like show off thinking it was the craziest. That's how fucking into that show and her I was. And I watched it and I loved that show. Growing Pains I watched. I used to watch Golden Girls with my grandmother. That's a fond memory that I'll always have of my grandmother. Um, you know, she's going on strong, 93 years old. And, um, you know, she's obviously doing as best you could do when you're that old. But um, I used to watch Golden Girls with her when I was little because, you know, that was like late to me and she would watch it. Um, and I'm trying to think of the other ones that I, I really like, I, I liked a lot. I watched, um, yeah, Growing Pains. I watched just a small wonder with that robot bitch, but I don't know. I, I like I wasn't really like completely dedicated to it. I was more just kind of like, I don't know, it was silly, but I watched it. And I just think now you don't watch it because it's it's like, I don't know. I think with internet and computers, you know, and, and video games and just everything, like, you know, the access we have to even news on our computers, on our laptops, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. I just don't think people like really sit down as a fit. And it's kind of sad, you know, because watching Raymond yesterday made me think like, man, how cool would it be? And I don't know, maybe I'll write something or maybe I'll do something about this. But I, I was just thinking, how cool would it be to have a sitcom that people can relate to today? Today, 2012. You know what I mean? Like really like sit down. Like even something so good that you're like, listen, the internet can wait. Video games can wait. I have to watch this show where everybody is watching the show. Now, all of that is, is American Idol, The Voice, you know, Who Jerked Off My Dad, whatever it's called. Like that's all it is now. You know, Kim Kardashian's blowing this athlete. You know, I swear to God in five years it's going to be who's Kimmy blowing now and it's going to be a VH1 thing. You know, like it's it's ridiculous what what people like twenty million people, thirty million people, American Idol finale, eighty million people. Nobody sits and watches like real life shit, like or or, or something that goofs on real life shit. It's just who's gonna be the next star that I'm gonna fucking buy. You know, I don't know. It's just annoying. It's it annoys me. You know, the girl with the two heads show and shit like the, on TLC. You know, I, but I will have to admit this. I love the crime shows. The crime shows do really well. CSI. My wife can't get enough of uh, NCIS. Is that it? Uh, yeah, the one with Mark Harmon. But I want, I'm talking about a sitcom. A sitcom. A funny... Let me know what's a real good one. I'll give it a chance. Because sitcoms need to come back. Because that will help comedians. Because for you people that don't know much about comedy. In the 80s and early 90s. If you were funny and the right people saw you as a comic. You got a sitcom. You got a show. That was, you know, hanging with Mr. Cooper, with Mark Curry or whatever. That was that guy was a stand-up. Kevin James, stand-up. Ray Romano, stand-up. You know, that's why it's awesome with Billy Gardell, Mike and Molly. Support that show, stand-up comic. You know, but it, you need more. I, I feel like you need more. And, and I, I just don't know if it's because sitcoms are looked at as cheesy now. Is there a way to kind of make it relevant and not cheesy now? But let me know your favorite sitcoms. Email Email me and let me know what you think about something that you watch today that is a sitcom, a scripted, sh humorous half-hour show. Oh, Three's Company was one that I watched. 
Three's Company was a monster. I didn't get into Seinfeld during Seinfeld. I've watched episodes of Seinfeld after it was off the air, but I didn't get into it like that. Um, I know a lot of people have the box sets and they say, man, you got to get the DVDs and stuff, but you know, but I'm just worried. I, you know what? Not worried. It's funny. I'm just worried that we're not going to have another fucking stupid half hour show to watch. No, I'm just like thinking about, it. I'm thinking out loud and I'm like, I wonder, I wonder why, you know, you like somebody's comedy, you go see their stand up. It would be cool to see them in a show and then they get a show and people don't watch it. It's weird. Because they're so interested in celebrity. That's the problem. We're interested in celebrity. It's the biggest issue in the country as far as pop culture. It's just who's, you know. Think about it. TMZ. E. That's all, you know. It's all they care about. It's all they watch. And the only reason, I, again, the only reason I'm bringing this up is because I was watching Raymond. And I was like, man, this shit is. I'm going to write a sitcom, man, about the fat friend. I'm going to write a sitcom or or, or just... Hopefully my manager's listening to this podcast. I'm just going to tell my manager, go to the second half of my podcast and tell me if we could write something. Because I don't want to like write something and then have him look at me in the face and go, this is the most ridiculous thing. Why'd you waste my time? You were obviously sick and on medication when you thought of this. Go get some rest. All right. But let me know your sitcoms. Let me know. Here are mine. Growing Pains, Three's Company, Golden Girls with my grandmother. Mr. Belvedere sometimes with my grandmother. Um, and that's it. And then and then later on, I watched some Seinfeld. I watched some King of Queens and I watched some Raymond. I should have, you know, I was too young to get into them, you know, then, but whatever. So if you have one or if one, if, if, if one is slipping my mind right now, you know, uh, no offense to Whitney Cummings, but I, I haven't watched that show and... Um, they're trying to do it. They're trying to make a comeback. Steve Byrne has a show on TBS, uh, Sullivan and Son. I hope that's still on the air, but I haven't seen that. But, you know, it's a good sign for comedians. So let me know what you guys think. That's my little spiel on sitcoms. All right, let's move on. Let's move on. By the way, happy birthday to anybody who's listening to this whose birthday is tomorrow or today or the next day. All you Scorpios out there, shout out to all the Scorpios out there. Let me tell you something about Scorpios, okay? Scorpios are very deep people. They're very, they're, they're, they're fucking nuts. They're overprotective. They're prideful. They're insecure, but they're the fucking greatest. They're the greatest. And rumor has it they're great lovers. I don't know. It's just what I heard, folks. It's just what I heard. Moving on. Versi Effect Podcast show. You're listening to episode 85. With Paul Versi. He is I and I am him. The New York Knicks, everybody. The New York Knickerbockers. My New York Knickerbockers. My happiness. 4-0 for the first time since the 1993-94 season. And guess what, everybody? For the first time in almost 20 fucking years, I saw a Knicks team last night. I was at the comedy club. We had it. My manager had it up on the, you know, streaming on the computer. And for the first time, we looked at each other and said, holy shit. Not only are they playing defense, but they're actually feisty and want to play defense. This is good. Carmelo Anthony scoring at will, put up 31 last night. Every victory the Knicks have had this season, all four, 
They've won by double digits and they've played defense. Now, am I probably going to get my heart broken? Of course I am. That's what they do. Okay, as soon as I get like a semi a semi in my pants, they just it just it's something happens. Okay, it's over. But for now, for the time being, I am going to enjoy this. I am going to watch carefully. And if the New York Knicks happen to meet the Miami Heat in the finals, I think they'll go. I think here's my prediction. If they continue to play like this, they'll get out of the first round of the playoffs. And then they'll have to have a battle with the Celtics or somebody. And it's a long shot for them to go to the finals. But even if they just are really competitive and good and they get out of the first round, I'll say, you know what, we're making strides, we're playing defense. But don't look now, everybody. The New York Knicks are a force to be reckoned with in the East. Take that, Celtics fans. Your fucking ugly jerseys. Actually, man, Rondo had 20 assists last night. That was ridiculous. That guy is putting up John Stockton numbers. That guy is insane. But we're not talking about the damn Celtics. We're not talking about the Miami Heat. We're talking about the New York Knicks, everybody. It's the fall. It's holiday time. It's Thanksgiving. It's it's going to be Christmas time. It's getting cold. Madison Square Garden. That's what I'm talking about. Obviously, after my comedy shows. So come to my comedy shows and then go support the Knicks. That's what I'm saying to you. I'm excited about them. And I know you guys who aren't Fans of the Knicks are saying, move on with the show. We could give a shit. You know something? I'm not going to move on with the show because I have suffered. I have suffered. I quit on them. I quit on the Knicks. I had to. I say, oh, you're just a bandwagon. No, I've given it to December year in, year out. The Isaiah Thomas years, you couldn't watch. They were unwatchable. They were bad, bad, bad. And it's like, if they don't care, why would I? And then finally, they bring in Donnie Walsh a couple years ago. And then the owners make a horrible decision with that because as soon as Donnie Walsh wanted some pull, they yank his ass out of town, which is ridiculous. But they're back and they're relevant. And I've seen Jordan and I've seen Reggie Miller destroy us last minute. And you know what? I was right there with them and I'll be there with them again. But I just want them to be competitive and it looks like they're going to be. The Knicks are my happiness. I'm telling you, I love watching the Yankees win. I love watching the Giants win. But I want to see Madison Square Garden hoist up a trophy for the Knicks like you guys wouldn't believe when it comes to sports. Uh, And I'll leave it at that with the sports. There's nothing else to talk about. Giants got to bounce back. And that's it. I don't, you know, what else? I'm not watching anything else. I'm watching the Knicks. I'm watching the Giants. There was something that happened in sports, though. There's Oh! The Lakers fired their coach after five games. Tell me that guy didn't get fucked. Tell me the Laker organization didn't bend that guy over and gag him. I mean, five games. Dude, fire the guy after last season. What the hell are you doing? And Kobe, let me tell you something about Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant, he might be like, I've talked to people that know him off off the court, and he's not a bad dude off the court. That guy is a dick when it comes to basketball. And maybe you have to be to be that great, but that guy calls out his players on the court. He you know, looks at his coach like that, does all that shit, man. It's such bullshit, man. That dude is a baby, and he's selfish. He's got all these goals for himself. He wants to have six rings the way Jordan had six rings. He wants to do all these different things, and it's all selfish bullshit goals, and anybody that gets in the way of that. You know, he'll just shoot down. He's like a woman. Oh, did he just say that? Yes, I did. Okay, we're 47 minutes in. What else are we going to talk about? Do we have an unacceptable for the week? Uh, Yes, we do.
We have an unacceptable for the week. Unacceptable for the week on the Verzi Effect podcast show, number 85, which you're listening to, with your host, comedian Paul Verzi. That is me. He is I. I am him. And I know I'm getting loopy. I need to uh, I need to hop in the shower and go off to my show in an hour or so. So I'm 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 getting ready. I'm getting geared up. I'm not one of those, man. Like I'm not one of those. You ever talk to a comedian off stage and they're just like really hyper and trying to be funny all the time? I fucking hate that. You know? I love when people are like, Oh, I would never know you're a comedian. You seem kinda quiet and stuff. You don't seem like you talk it's like, yeah, because I'm not a fucking clown. <clears throat> um I took a I, I was kind of disappointed last night because I took a um I'll get to the unaccepted unacceptable in a second but I, I come home last night early decent time I, I had a show last night in the city and then I come home and I was gonna um go to bed no I didn't want to go to bed I wanted to watch tv because I only got home at like 12 30 12 40 when my mother-in-law was over and she was on the couch downstairs which totally takes that out of the equation and everyone's upstairs sleeping my wife my kids they're upstairs sleeping it's dark I don't got anything to do I'm ready to go and chill but I do have this cold, so I popped in a couple of um, Alka-Seltzer nighttime colds. Holy shit, man. I just was like, hey, maybe I'll put in a DVD up in the bedroom, and I just took this drink, and I put my head down, and the next thing you know, I just woke up. It was it was like, it was unreal, and I still feel like shit, so I don't know. I guess it helped me sleep, but it didn't help me, um, it didn't help me with my sickness or whatever. But you know, I have one of those weird colds and I think a lot of people have it now where I'm like congested and I feel like this sore throat is going to go into my chest and I'm going to just have an awful sickness, And but it doesn't. It's just like hanging around. Like I'm just walking around with this cold and it's annoying. I almost want to just get full-fledged sick and be miserable in bed for two days and then just be better, you know, or have nothing than just have this lingering, you know, thing going on. Uh, I also have a big announcement coming up, everybody. I got some good news, but I don't want to jinx anything, so I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. But um, I'm liking how things are going. I'm loving the listeners. I'm loving you guys. So now it's time for plugs. Okay? Oh, unacceptable for the week. Okay. Unacceptable for the week is... I got a couple of them, man. I got a couple of them, but I'm going to just pick the... I'm going to just pick the... Oh, 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 oh. This is one thing that I want to say real quick. I didn't write this down to talk about on the show. I just want to say this real quick, okay? And, you know, you guys are probably saying, well, you know, it's after 45 minutes. You got to do the plugs. Get out. Fuck, it's my show, okay? I did an hour and 19 minutes on the last one. I'll go however long I want on this one. How about that? You know what? Because I don't have a boss. I don't have somebody say, hey, we got to wrap up. I don't have somebody say, oh, you got to get off the air. No, I don't. This is my show. Okay? It's my show. You have a problem with it? You get your own damn show and you stick to your damn schedule. How about that? And it's beautiful because when you have your own show, you could yell at nobody. I just caused something that didn't exist. That's how good of an actor I am. You guys could think someone's in the other room waving me to wrap up. Nope, they're not. I'm in my home. Okay. One thing I wanted to say I didn't write about for the show was this. The voting. Somebody said, well, you shouldn't not vote. You should just vote for the less of two evils. The lesser of two evils. Now, let me tell you something. If you've said that, if you agree with that, I think you're an idiot. I think that that is the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard. 
And I heard somebody on the radio make a great point. They go, if anybody says, oh, I'm just going to vote for the lesser of two evils, then you're still voting for evil. Okay, if your heart is really not in it, or if you just kind of like, ah, you know, I really don't like this guy, but he's the better choice, and I'm going to exercise my right. Just exercise your right to not vote. How about this? What if nobody voted? Think about this for one second. What if nobody voted? Like, what if we just went to the, in an imaginary world, you went to the TV and MSN and, 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 and CNN and Fox News and, you know, all of these different political outlets or, or, or media outlets for, for politics were just like, we're waiting on the numbers and um, nobody came. What would that, that would be amazing because that would just show, yeah, we're not fucking dumb anymore. Get somebody in there that we could all get behind and it'll never happen, of course. But the whole idea of let's vote for the lesser two evils, that doesn't make sense. Nobody vote. Nobody vote unless you really love somebody so much. They mean so much to you that you have to. But I think it would be great if nobody showed up. Just look at the faces of all the candidates and everyone goes, yeah, we know you're full of shit, dick. Next. Just vote for the lesser two evils. Ugh. It's the worst thing I've ever heard. Shame on you if you did that. You go in there with somebody you believe in your heart. If you believe that Barack Obama was the right guy and you went in there, then good for you. Same thing. Mitt Romney, you think that guy was going to turn things around? You believe it? Good for you. You believed in it. But just to be like, oh, you know, they both suck. But, you know, I don't, I don't, that's ridiculous to me. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make, it, it, it's like, then that means your heart's not in it. Like, you wouldn't do that with, like, you know? Would you marry someone like that? Like, yeah, both of these girls, I'm dating these two chicks. I just, yeah, fucking... This one won't annoy me as much. I'll marry her. No, you marry the girl you love or you tell both of those girls to fuck off. Brilliant example. Oh, couldn't have been. That was perfect. It's a perfect example of it. You're dating two girls. One's a little less of a pain in the ass, but they're both pain in the asses. And you decide, man, should I marry one of these chicks? Well, let me just pick the one, you know, because it is time for me to get married. Everyone's telling me I need to get married. It is my right to get married. I'm going to get married and I'll just pick her. No, you say, listen... I'm I'm not I'm not doing this. When I find the one, oh my God! If that if there is a better example out there from that, I know I'm feeling myself on this one, but I should. You want to know why? Because it's my birthday soon. Damn it! This is episode eighty-five Verzi Effect podcast. I'm Paul Verzi. He is I, and I am him. That is the theme of this show. How annoying did I get with that song "Thrill Is Gone" last week? Did you guys like it? Or did I annoy you? Well, you could turn it off if you want to. You could turn it off if you want. Unacceptable for the week. I was in my hotel room in Nolens, and I got to do plugs. So I'm going to talk about some shit in a second. But I was in Nolens, Louisiana, right down over there. That's how they say it, down there, over here. Yeah, you want to go right down over there. You're looking for something, oh yeah, right down here. Thank you. And then and, and all the women in the in when like that were any kind of serving you with, with food or cash registers or waitress, they always call you baby. Oh, thank you, my baby. Oh, right over there, baby. Right over there. Hey baby, right here. It was just it was amazing. It was just, you know, it's like my fucking wife doesn't call me baby. This is incredible. Um I'm in my hotel room late. And I was doing a podcast show for somebody. I'm going to plug her podcast in a second here. So you guys could hear me on another podcast talking shit about relationships. But I order a water. This actually made my appearance on this podcast better because it fired me up. 
but I ordered a water. And it was funny because I heard Burr say something like, yeah, buy, you know, if you want waters, buy them outside the, the, the place because they're expensive here. I'm not making this up. I'm not exaggerating. This is 100% true. I'm in my hotel room, okay? And I order a water. Excuse me, I have to cough. <clears throat> and they were like, we'll bring one. I was like, yeah, can you bring a water with a, with a glass of ice to my, to my room? Not bullshitting you. Door rings, door knocks, whatever. And I answer the door and there's a woman standing there with a bottle of Avion water. 12 ounces. 12. Regular. Wasn't a fucking gallon. For the price I paid, it should have been 15 gallons. It was just a bottle, a 12 ounce bottle of Avion water. And she had like this silver platter. Like they overdid it with like a glass of ice. Okay, they tried to like make it look... Tried to make it look presidential. Probably because of the outrageous price. Guess how much it was. Just take a guess how much the bottle of water was. 12 ounces. You ask, you say 250? Nope. Higher. Four dollars. Nope. Higher. All right. 550. It's not gonna be more than 550. That's like Yankee Stadium prices. Nope. Keep going. Six dollars. Nope. Six fifty. Jack it up. Seven fifty. No. Eight dollars. Nope. Eight fifty. No. Eight dollars and like sixty-eight cents or something like that for this bottle of water. I looked at the the the, the bill. I looked at the water. I looked at her face. And then I looked at the bill again. I just looked at the bill. Looked at the water. Looked at her face, and I looked at the bill. And I literally go, are you serious? She goes, yeah, you know, and I go, are you serious? They just the price? And I said, and I have to tip you, because you came up here with a presidential platter for me, which is just a bottle of, a bottle of water and a, and a glass of ice. And I'm going to tip her. I have to tip her. I'm a good guy. What am I going to do? She walked up there. She, she, she sat in an elevator for 12 seconds. So I give her like a $2 tip, whatever. So almost $11 I paid for this water. Completely, utterly unacceptable. Comp unacceptable with a star next to it this week. A bottle of water for $8.60 when you're staying in their hotel. Unacceptable for the week. Unacceptable for the forever. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Uh, speaking of plugs, I got some plugs here. Um, and I'll talk about, uh, you could catch me on another podcast. I did a podcast dur during that whole, uh, water extravaganza thing when I was just sitting there. I did, um, Shannon Lee's podcast. Uh, she's a comedy nerd. She's, um, really cool, man. She's really cool. She's a, a big time comedy fan. She knows everything about comedy. She knows comedians who are obviously famous. She knows comedians who are up and coming. She loves comedy. She loves comedy podcasts. She loves ev uh, everything that has to do with comedy, which is cool. Um, I met her at Joe Matarese's live taping of Fixing Joe at the stand in New York City. And, um, you know, after the show came up, she said, oh, you know, would you like to take a picture? I said, you know, I took a picture with her, really cool. She said, I do a podcast about relationships. I'd love to have you do it. You know, sure, no problem. You know, I'll, I'll do it. It's the kind of guy I am. Even though she said to me, yeah, when I kind of met you, you kind of just seemed like a, I don't know, you seemed like, like you didn't give a fuck, like you just had this, you know, 
And and I was like, well, you know, I mean, I'm just kind of minding my business. And then on the show, she's like, yeah, you kind of had like a douchebag air to you. I was like, what? Like she literally said that when the show started. Like she called me a douchebag, so I had to get on her during the show about it. But anyway, she does a podcast. Her name is Shannon Lee. She's a sweetheart, very nice. She does a, a podcast called The Thing Is, and it's on iTunes. And I believe she's going to have other comedians on it. I talked about horrible people I dated. I talked about the bullshit that is uh, sex addiction. Just talked about a bunch of stuff. Had a good time. Uh, it was really late at night. We were going to do it when I got back to New York. I was going to do it from home. But uh, it would it worked out better this way because when I got home, it would have been a mess and I had the kids, so it worked out better. Check it out. You could download it on iTunes. It's a good show. Um, she's going to have more comedians. It's going to get better and better. So all you guys listening, check out her show. It's called The Thing Is, and uh, you can check that out. Also, uh, stand-up dates. I will be tonight. I don't know. This will be up probably too soon beforehand, but if you're in the uh, Hudson Valley upstate area tonight, I will be headlining Chester's Comedy Club in Chester, New York. Um, tomorrow I am doing a fundraiser down at the stand for a scholarship fund for somebody. And, uh, so that, and that'll be a good show. That's a seven o'clock show. Levity live. I will be headlining levity live. Come to the show. This show is going to be a good one. It's, um, it's a phenomenal club. You guys heard me talk about levity a ton on the show. Um, I will be headlining there for the second time. Uh, November 14th, Wednesday night. Get a babysitter. Come out. You'll eat some amazing food. You will see a great show. I got my buddies on the show with me. Um, Chris Lambert's going to host. I got uh, Luis Gomez is going to middle. Uh, might even have a guest spot on the show. But it's going to be a really good time. Really good dudes. We're going to have fun. Have some drinks middle of the week. Why not? It's holiday season, everybody. It's coming. Come out to Levity Live November 14th. Third floor of the Palisades Mall. Beautiful club. One of the nicest in the country. And uh, just found out December 11th. Uh, please, if you're in the area, come to this. This is an important show. December 11th, a bunch of comedians. It's going to be a great lineup. I don't have all the names exactly, but uh, a bunch of comedians that, that you recognize. Great up-and-comers, too. It's going to be a great show. Uh, December 11th at the Stress Factory. We're going to be raising money for the uh, Hurricane Sandy victims, all the people that lost all their shit, you know, they're going to be donating stuff, so please check that out, that's um, December 11th, don't know what day of the week that is, I think it's, I could check right here, while I'm on my computer, uh, it's a Tuesday, it's a Tuesday night, December 11th at the Stress Factory in New Brunswick, New Jersey, another great club, be a bunch of us out there raising some money, so if you want to come out to that, you could come out to that too. Okay, um, that's it. That's the show. This was episode number 85, the Verzi Effect Podcast with your host, Paul Verzi. He's I and I am him. I got to get going. Thank you for listening. Let me know what sitcoms are good today. Happy birthday to all the Scorpios. Veterans Day tomorrow, any birthdays like mine. Happy birthday to you. Have a good one. Be safe. Keep telling people about the show. We're going to double the listeners. It's going to be a good thing, everybody. So until episode 86, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Enjoy it. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy the people you love. And take Alka-Seltzer nighttime cold when you want to go to sleep because it works like a charm. You can thank me later. I will be reviewing the movie Flight next week on the show. That's it. Take care.